Welcome everyone to Westview Q&A, where we seek to respond to your questions. We hope these discussions encourage you and help you grow in your faith. I'm your host, Ryan Simunik, and I'm joined by, of course, Pastor Charlie Salamone. Hello, everyone. How are you feeling, Charlie? Good. Excellent. All right. Well, listeners, make yourselves comfortable because we are going to dig into some good questions. You ready, Charlie? Yep. Right on. Question number one. Did not God give us things to enjoy? How do we know that we are pursuing the wrong things or have set the wrong priorities? Hmm. Yeah, God has certainly given us many things to enjoy. That question is probably born out of an idea that, um, you know, seeking God is good and our natural human appetites are bad. And um, that's not true. Um, You know, there is, I understand sometimes when you look at passages, like kind of a a little bit in isolation, you can kind of um, come to a, a, a conclusion for, so for, for example, Titus chapter two, uh, beginning of verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Um, you know, this gospel uh, teaches us to say no to worldly passions, and sometimes people have uh, interpreted that as just all worldly appetites. But the person asking the question is correct to say that uh, God has given us, you know, so many worldly things to enjoy. That's perhaps one of the main messages of Genesis chapter 2. God created all these wonderful things, and in that there is a message of God being good and gracious and and he likes to give us good things because it shows his goodness. Um, and, uh, but there is a, a, there is a real danger, if you want to call it that. Um, uh, not to say enjoying God's things is dangerous, but um, there is a, not a danger in, in enjoying God's things, but there is a danger in us. Um that if God is not at the center of our lives, if we're not living for him, what we will often do is take some of these good things that he created and worship them, as in make them like our all in all, what we live for, what we pursue, what we prioritize first. I mean, that is the danger. It's not, the danger isn't the, um, the danger is not in the, wonderful food that God made or the pleasures of sex that God created and invented. That's not the danger. The danger is in us if we reject God's place in our life. Because as soon as we do that, then we're going to go and try to, you know, the phrase that's often used is like try to fill a God-shaped hole with, you know, food and sex and, and worldly pleasures. And that's when that's when things become amiss. You know, that's where when things become problematic, to say the least. 
Um, but the second part of the question was how do we keep from, or how is that worded? How do we know that we are pursuing the wrong things or have set the wrong priorities? Yeah. Well, there are some cases where the thing you're pursuing is bad in the sense of like you're perhaps, you know, maybe you're pursuing someone who's married to someone else. Like that's a that's a clear indication of that's a no or like, you know, you are uh, pursuing something that belongs to someone else. Like there's you know, apples are good, enjoying apples are good, but you don't want to steal your neighbor's apples, you know. Um, so if 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 there is sinful things that you're doing in order to get the thing you want, that's a clear sign that this isn't this isn't something that you are enjoying to the glory of God. This isn't something that that is reflecting God in your life. This is something that you've made uh, what we call an idol, the thing that you're putting in the place of God. Um, so if you're willing to sinfully cut corners in order to get what you want or justify sin in order to enjoy this worldly pleasure, then then we, we know that, you know, we've wandered into a trouble area. Um, that's, that's probably one of the big things. Um, and uh, again, I, I think it's more about what is going on apart from like you, you might want to like wonder, like, is it good that I'm, I don't know, enjoying this worldly thing? Leave that alone for a moment. Like, are you pursuing God? Are you pursuing him? Are you listening to his word? Are you letting God's spirit and God's word have its place in your life? Are you walking before him in that way? Like, that's the bigger question. Um and if so, then, you know, then these other things fall into place. Um, if not, all the self-control in the world, you're still going to be an idolater at the end of the day. You know, there, sometimes you will hear people and they'll say, it's, it's all about moderation. It's all about moderation. And they feel like they've really gotten their worldly appetites under control, but they don't honor Jesus as God and they don't walk with him. And it's like, okay, that kind of moderation isn't really anything like. That's still, biblically, you'd still be, you know, an idolater, you know? Yeah, I don't know if this is, if this is the attitude behind this question, but I'm going to say this anyways because I think it's important. Um, I think we need to approach this question with great faith in the love and goodness of God and in the faithfulness for him to complete the work that he started in us because... Um, I, I fear that there could be some over-scrupulous, you know, uh, attitudes behind some of these questions sometimes, and that's something that I've struggled with in my life. And, hmm. um, y you know, it, Jesus tells this parable of the man who goes and he finds this pearl in a field, and then he goes and he sells everything that he has to buy that field. And it's really in finding that pearl and seeing the value of that pearl that he's able to go and sell all of his things. And I worry that sometimes we look at our lives and we go, I need to I need to put Jesus first, which is so true. But then our response, rather than uh, seeking after God and asking him to change our hearts and seeking to grow in our love for Jesus and our and our and our relation grow in our relationship with Jesus, sometimes we in our own strength try and try and push away the good things that he's put in our lives and we try and in our own strength to turn from them. Uh, which ultimately just leads us to despair because, I mean, like Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. So 
as I'm looking at this question, I'm just thinking it's so important that we remember that uh, he loved us first. And it's only in us really reflecting on his love for us and really um, just growing in our love for God uh, through through prayer and reading the word and growing in Christian community. It's 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 only in in that that we can really start to let go of our misordered desires because we're not talking about getting rid of desire here, right? We're talking about I, I like the word priorities because it's that's just that idea of like it's 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 these misordered desires. The idea of removing desire that's 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 not biblical yeah. belief. That's that's there's other spiritualities that hold to that, but that's not the Christian worldview. It's really being able to enjoy those things to the glory of God and continuously pointing back to Him, right? Yep. So that's just a little encouragement. Yep. Whoever's asking this question, don't go beat up on yourself because the enemy would love for you to just look at yourself instead of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? Um, anything else you'd want to say to that? Uh, maybe. Let's go with the next question. I might come back to it. Well, that's good because this one kind of focuses oh, on a similar go. topic. So it's good. We'll, we'll just swim in this a little bit longer. Okay. <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone who finds that they put too much focus and hope on natural things and desires? Very similar question. Yeah, because again, because that's all about priority. Like, um, yeah. I, I'm someone who really loves to cook, and a lot of times, if I'm gonna cook, I'm gonna give it a, like a lot of thought and do a lot of steps, and put a lot of time into it. And I, I just say that to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with like, how's the question? Like, what if someone is putting too much? What does it say? Too much thought or too much? Too much focus and too hope. much focus. Hope that's a that's we'll get to that, but yeah. that's like I, I bring up that to say, like, to really enjoy the things of the world is not bad. Uh, yeah. to really, really, and I would say it's good to be able to like enjoy the yeah. things that God's created. Um, there's there, there's a verse in First Timothy that that spells this out really say it closely. So he goes, Now the Holy Spirit tells us this is First Timothy 4. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. So uh, the, the the deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons, those are strong words. Yeah, that's... And the reason why it's so important is it, it when people say like, oh, don't enjoy that, don't enjoy that, don't enjoy that, a lot of times what they're subtly doing is lying about who God is. It's, it's mm. painting a different picture of who God is. Is God gracious? And, and wants us to be happy with giving us the gifts of so many things he created. That's good. But once more, once more, there is a question of like, what are priorita- priorities in life? Yeah. Uh, there's a passage, 2 Timothy, uh, I think it's 2 Timothy 2, 4. Um, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs but rather tries to please his commanding officer. This idea of not getting entangled, um, not letting civilian affairs, like those worldly pleasures, not letting them define your life, okay? Um, 
Oh, another passage that's probably going to bring a bunch of questions for you if I say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, uh, beginning verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Uh, We just, you know, Ryan just read the passage that says it's lying spirits that forbid marrying and forbid certain types of food. Uh, So there's certainly a wrong way of life that just kind of abstains from everything enjoyable and just says that's the way of Christianity. We know that's that's not the way of Christianity. But on the other hand, um, you can be so engrossed and entangled and your mind is so focused on things like your, you know, your spouse or what you're going to eat for dinner or your money. And this is a helpful passage that says there's a sense in which we should be so focused on God and his call in our lives and the truth that we're living as if we're living as if, uh, um, you know, what it says here is like, live as if you didn't have these things, Mm. you know, you're married, live as if you're not. Well, obviously that doesn't mean neglect your wife, you know, but what it means is your heart should be in a sense, I don't want to say detached because I don't think that's the right I don't think that's what it is, but it's more of like our heart is so focused on God and his calling in our life that everything else is a, is very far secondary. Um, and that, that's really, I think, getting... Maybe it's all icing, you know? Well, what I was going to say is it kind of gets to like when Jesus would talk about like, yeah. if anyone wants to be my disciple, he needs to hate his own life. Hmm. You know, hate his brother, hate his sister. It's like... Okay, we're supposed to love them. Yeah, you are. But in this sense, what he means by that is like serving God and following him is so much of a higher priority that these other things just fall in the shadow of that. But Mm -hmm. the interesting thing is if you're doing that, if you're putting God first and you're putting those other things as like a far second priority below that, you'll actually be able to love those things and love those people more and you'll actually be able to enjoy those worldly pleasures more if they're not your God. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was actually going to say exactly that, like this, this idea of how, because we understand that these things are perishable, that they will pass away, we actually can enjoy them more because we're not afraid of losing them. Yep. You know, I like, I'm a musician, so I'm just going to use this in guitar language, but it's like, if I buy a brand new guitar and I'm terrified of scratching it, and I just keep it in a glass case, and I, I'm constantly trying to make sure it doesn't get damaged. I'm not enjoying that at all. Like, yep. I'm not actually, and even more so, I'm not even using it for what it was intended to be used for. Yep. So it's like, but if I can actually not be afraid of losing that thing, and oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to break at some point, and you can actually thoroughly enjoy that. You know, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there's something about just trusting that with the Lord we'll, we'll want for nothing because he supplies all that we need. Yep. And it really frees us up to just be able to really love the way that he's calling us to. Yep, for sure. Praise God. Anything else we want to say on this idea? Um, I don't know if I I love the I don't know if I love uh, the idea of saying like natural things because it's like the earth is the Lord's and everything 
in it, you know, and there's, there, that there are spiritual, there are evil spiritual things, you know, so I don't think we need this dichotomy of sort of like natural and not natural yeah, in the conversation. And that's, uh, what I was trying to say earlier, like there is this false idea that things of the world are bad and right. things of heaven are good. There's a sense biblically in which that's true. You know, but you really need to define what you mean by that. Yeah. Things of the world, a lot of times when the world is spoken negatively, it's not speaking of just natural things. It's talking about the value system of the world rather than, you know, the food that God created is bad in itself because it's natural, you know. Right. Right. Okay, right on. Okay, I I, I think that that it's good we bring some clarity there. Um, I think we move on to the next question. Uh, this question says, there's a lot of destruction around our lives. Um, they also mention that there's, there's work, there's stress, there's family demands, there's the waste of time and minor things. How do we keep our focus on living the Christian life? You know, it's interesting how a lot of these questions kind of revolve around the same thing. Priorities. Yeah. Priorities. There's so much distractions. I'm actually going to ask you to do something... Um, decisive and I almost want to say ruthless. Okay. You almost have to be ruthless here. You have so many priorities. Um, do you remember the classic passage, uh, regarding Martha and Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I would imagine if you have a lot of people at the house and here it's like Jesus and the disciples are there and Mary and Martha open their home. Uh, it, well, if you have like one person coming to visit, a lot of times you're like thinking about, okay, what are we going to cook? What are we going to, you know, imagine having like Jesus. Okay. So you have an important person uh, to say the least and all his disciples coming to the home. You're naturally going to get stressed out about the responsibilities and that's why I say it's really just like almost like it's decisive and it's almost like ruthless in a sense of just like making a hard decision. Mary, I'm just going to sit down and listen to Jesus. Martha's upset because there's a lot to do and she's upset that Mary's not helping. And you can really relate with that. It's like someone's got to do that stuff, right? Right? And Jesus essentially says, no, right now, no. No, that... What would have happened if both Mary and Martha sat down? I don't know. Maybe Jesus would have done another one of those miracles with multiplying bread. And I don't know, but they would have been cared for is my point. Um, I think a lot of times it's almost like um, a lot of times Christians will talk about the concept of tithing, um, which is like giving, you know, often like giving of your money. And the idea is like tithe, like give God the first. It's often 10%, but, you know, people... Uh, give out of their own, you know, what they've decided in their heart. But the word historically comes from the idea of a tenth. And there's this idea of like, give God your first tenth. And, well, I have so many bills. I have so much stuff that I need to be spending my money on. Stop, stop. Forget all of that. Forget all of that. First, first, give God your first tenth. And then watch and see. And you're going to see that there's more than enough. To cover the rest. And that's why I say you need to be like ruthless and decisive as in like you have a lot of priorities, a lot of, or you have a lot of responsibilities, you know, things are coming your way like a fire hose. First, 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 make every effort to put God first. 
Um, and this isn't easy. Like this is something we have to remind ourselves of constantly. Um, but this idea of like whatever else it is, it's not as important. Okay. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's not as important. I don't know why this comes to mind. When I was a kid, I used to like this movie, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, um, with Kevin Costner. It's good. Okay. You're probably too young for it. You'll find it. Is that one of those old motion films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, <laughs> had they discovered color yet at that point? Or? Uh, <laughs> it's just radio. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, okay. No, it's a good movie. Anyways, um, and go and watch it. But there's this scene where, like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, can't think of the actor's name. But his buddy... Uh, who's like supposed to be protecting Robin Hood, um, and uh, Morgan Freeman plays like his friend or whatever, and his friend is there to really just like protect him. That's his job, and there's more to it than that. But there's a scene in which like our main character Robin, like there's a bunch of people attacking him and like fighting, and they come upon him. Meanwhile, like Morgan Freeman, his character is just praying at the time. He's not a Christian, you know, I'm not trying to make any point like that. But anyways, he's praying when all of a sudden Robin is attacked and he doesn't stop praying. He just keeps praying the whole time. (laughs) And like, meanwhile, it's like there's every reason to like stop your prayers and go, you know, but it's just like a picture of like someone kind of like ruthlessly prioritizing God first. Yeah. And, um, and. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be, like, legalistic and say, like, you can never, like, stop reading the Bible to go help your wife out or something. Like, it's not the point I'm trying to make. But the point I'm trying to make is if you want change in this area, you have to make these ruthless, decisive decisions. Like, I'm going to put God first, and that means not doing this. That means whatever it means, okay? Whatever cost it costs you to put God first, do it. And there's going to be enough time for everything else. Uh, the world won't fall apart. You'll see. Yeah, and really go through this process prayerfully, right? Like, I know that's what you're saying to us, but I just want to further emphasize that, that, you know, beneath this, it's not just the tasks of our everyday that can uh, steal our peace. Sometimes it's just our our attitudes and our heart posture that's as good. well. Thank you. Yeah, it's not just about how you spend your time. It is about, like, how you prioritize your life the rest of, the, of that time. Yeah, I mean, someone totally actually could fall in in that trap of like, well, I went to church this week, so I can just do what I want the rest of the time. You know, I'm good with God. I, you know, I gave him my Sunday. So, (laughs) or Uh, or maybe even, uh, you know, there's there's time in the day, but there's uh, a restless anxiety that that exists beneath it, and you know, maybe it's actually the fear of losing your job that God is going to deal with. Or the I don't know a conflict that exis- that is existing with somebody else, and there's forgiveness that needs to be made. Like th- th- there can be other things that are stealing your peace. But I I think the point still stands when we make time, and and we give God our first fruits, and we open our hearts to Him. I mean, everything He sees everything in our hearts. But mm-hmm. when we take time to open ourselves up and and seek the Lord 
we just invite him to speak into those things. And um, we sort of, you know, he says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And it's like we're regularly coming to the Lord and asking for his rest. And then we can go about our daily tasks with mm-hmm. that rest and, yep. and in that rest, you know. And I mean, l- likely just, I mean, absolutely having come to the Lord in prayer, he'll start to shape our hearts and will start to give us wisdom where we can go, oh, you know what, this thing I keep doing, I need to cut that away. Because yep. it's just like, logistically, I can't do this anymore. I need more time. But maybe the very reason we were holding on to that is because we were believing a lie about how we needed to be productive. Or I don't know. The The hardest part is, is that like there's uh, there's endless reasons why someone might feel burnt out or um, overstressed. But the Lord knows exactly what you're going through. So you really just need to come to him. Yep. Come to him in prayer, you know. Anything else we want to add to that? No, I think that's good. Okay, right on, right on. Uh, So our next question says, how does one deal with bearing the curse of this world with all its pains and troubles for 10 or 20, 30, 40 years more until we're united with God? How do we do it? How do we deal with bearing the curse? Bearing the curse. uh, For those who don't know what they're talking about. Uh, that's the curse upon mankind from Genesis chapter 3 that in one sense still applies to Christians, okay? Um, you know, there's thorns and thistles in this life. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean hardships no longer arise. Good question. Uh, let's see here if I have a passage that will speak to this. I may. I may just have it. Um, yes, yes, I do. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So... This is big. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, the troubles that is, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The troubles in your life, temporary. Okay? The promises of glory and goodness and, and pleasure and joy and hope, eternal. You'll never lose that. So, but what's being said here is a little more than that. Like, we don't lose heart when we're faced with all these afflictions. Um, Outwardly, we are wasting away. Outwardly, we're still experiencing the curse. All right? But inwardly, something is happening. We are being renewed day by day. These, and, and what's interesting is the outward struggles are actually playing a part and renewing us inwardly. So what previously was a curse is now working it out to be a blessing. We're still experiencing that pain, but that pain is doing something now in our life and leading us to turn our eyes towards that which is unseen and therefore um, achieving for us a, a glory and a joy. So let those troubles do in you what this passage is, is saying. Let them remind you of the destiny we have in Christ where all troubles will cease and 
focus on that. Fix your eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross, right? And he set a joy before us. Yep. And it's like just keeping our eyes on that future hope allows us to see the hope in the present too and how God is is working to restore all things and, and the joy of the fact that we get to be a part of that. Yep. You know, in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, it says, uh, 57 and 58, it says, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. That's it. You know, it's like if everything we do is just going to fade away, then yeah, like we don't have hope and it's all useless. But mm-hmm. the fact that we have this great reward ahead of us and that we're actually currently storing up treasure in heaven uh, with, you know, the things that we do for the Lord, like there's, there's great hope in that. Yep. So even, even amidst the, the struggle, and there is something very godly about lamenting the curse on the earth. Like there is something godly about grieving. Um, I, we're not trying to say that it's, you know, wrong to feel sad about the hurt and pain in the world. I think there's something godly about that as long as it's, you know, uh, as long as it's within the hope, it's looking forward to the hope, right? Like lamenting asks how long a lot of the time, how long Lord until you return and restore all things. There's, you're still very much cognizant of the fact that Christ is coming back to restore everything, right? There's this hope. Um, but it's like, we have that, we, we have that continuing, uh, gospel reality that in the midst of all of it, we're blessed and God is, God is leading us into the good things he prepared for us so long ago. So I think that's, I think that's good. So if you ask this question, be encouraged. Your labor isn't in vain. There you go. You know, um, what is it? The apostle Paul said to, to live as Christ and to die as gain. There's that, you know, there's just that it's like, that. that's the beautiful hope of the Christian. The more time we have here, the more we can serve. And if we go now, it's to be with Jesus. So it's wonderful. We have great hope ahead of us. You know, this is a shorter one, but I think we're going to end here. Good call. You know? Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or just really a comment about anything we talked about on this episode, uh, send us an email to ask at westviewmontreal.org. That's ask at westviewmontreal.org. We would really love to hear from you. Grace and peace, friends. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.